1: You're about to listen to an episode from Modus, the family con, where we dig into how an unknown company became one of the most infamous cases of pandemic profiteering in the world. Intrigued? Get updates on the latest episode releases by following Modus wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the sound of an angry dick.
1: 7.2 billion ang biglang sales mo nakakapagdonasyon ka wala ka namang income na pinabanggit ng 10 million nakakabilinga ng mga kotse na 30 million eh kali yung pero yan yan tatalo ng dapat ng ating mga uh,
0: gobyerno That's Senator Dick Gordon fuming in one blue ribbon committee hearing on formally a totally new and then unknown company with an initial capital of 625,000 pesos but made $7.2 billion in just a year. Take note, that's billion. Okay, I know that they say that you have to spend money to make money. But how do you make that much money? I mean, without getting into the illegal drugs trade or an Isabong franchise. Imagine this tiny startup making the equivalent of almost $140 million in just 12 months. Sobrang galing o sobrang nakapagtataka? Is it sheer luck or just a case of perfect timing? You're listening to Modus, the formally Gone. I'm your host, Lord Rivera, and this is the story of the startup from hell stick around because in this episode we will show you a trick that they don't teach in business schools nope this is not one of those get rich quick scams not a ponzi scheme definitely and also beats all those cryptocurrency rackets modus the family con is a puma podcast production made possible by international media support In episode 1 of this series, we talked about how official auditing led to the beginning of a Senate investigation, and the stink led all the way to Malakanyang. Who or what is this thing called the But before that, I think we should ask, just how hard is it to start a business in the Philippines? Sa totoo lang, Improving naman tayo. According to the World Bank's Ease of Doing Business report, the Philippines ranked 95th out of 190 countries in 2020. At least, top 100. Kasi last time, nasa 124 lang tayo. But what exactly is the basis for the rating? These include starting a business, dealing with construction permits, getting electricity, registering property, getting credit, protecting minority investors, paying taxes, etc. Unity, yada-yada. Pero wag din natin isa-isahin. Bottom line, World Bank na mismo ang nagsabi. According to a study and concluded, sobrang hassle magtayo ng kumpanya sa Pilipinas. Like a lot of government services, Filing taxes, securing building permits, birth certificates, or whatnot, not. Pinahihirapan ka talaga. The study says it takes an average of 13 steps to start a business, 9 steps to register property, and 22 steps to constructing a physical establishment. Dami. Plus, pag-setup na, 13 annual tax payments. And sometimes you have to wonder, why even bother? And after all that, and you've got your business running, you now face that global trend of 90% of startups fail. And if you do manage to survive and thrive, on average, it will take 2 to 3 years for a startup to become profitable. So, hanip lang talaga itong farmally. Anong business books kaya ang mga binasa nila? Saang business schools kaya sila natuto September 4, 2019, it officially registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission as the Farmily Pharmaceutical Corporation. So, they were a properly registered company. At the same time, it's reported that the company had zero sales, zero revenues in 2019, and in fact, even incurred losses for taxes and licenses. But who's behind Farmily? There are four Filipinos with ownership shares. President Twinkle Dargani owns 10%. Corporate Secretary and Treasurer Mohit Dargani owns 30%. Well, Twinkle and Mohit are siblings. And then there are two directors, Lin Kon Ong, who holds 16%, while Justin Garado owns 4%. And completing the ownership roster is a Singaporean national, Huang Zuyen, who holds 40%. By the way, it was Huang Tzu-yen who incorporated Formally in the Philippines. And on the document, he indicated that he was Filipino. Ito pa. Huang Suyen's father, Huang Wenlai, is the chairman of PharmaLi International, which has headquarters in Taiwan and seems to be a much larger entity than its Philippine incarnation. And both of them happen to be in Taiwan, where they are not exactly paragons of business morals. Huang Wenlai, the old man, is wanted for securities fraud, embezzlement, and stock manipulation. By comparison, Huang Tzu-yen is a saint. He's just wanted for stock manipulation. Ay, mga ulirang negosyante. Parang yung mga karakter lang sa mga pelikulang Martin Scorsese or Oliver Stone. Anyway, this prompted Senator Risa Ontiveros to ask,
1: Why is this government transacting with fugitives? Bakit tayo nakiki negosyo sa mga taong may warrant of arrest? Warrant of arrest pa nga sa ibang bansa.
0: And those are the names on the SEC filing. What else was in that filing? The company's address was listed as units 8 and 9 on the 22nd floor of fort victoria tower b in fort bonifacio taguig city but it's reported that the buildings guard had said that the units have been vacant since 2018. so this company with incorporators wanted for financial crimes who had zero sales and revenues manage to bag billions in government contracts. But, how? For many businesses, a contract can be a turning point. If you can manage to work with government, then you almost never need to worry about bringing in new customers. Pero kung hassle na nga, to start a business in the Philippines. Mas dambohalang hasil to register to get a contract with government. You see, to bid for government contracts, you have to register to become a supplier on the PhilGeps or G-E-P-S platform, the Philippine Government Electronic Procurement System. The list of requirements in the Government Procurement Act is six pages long. So let's skip that and just say Uh, you will need some documents. People we have talked to say it would take months. But don't just take our word for it. Here is what the U.S. International Trade Administration has to say about doing business with the Philippine government.
1: The local partner leads in the many cumbersome bureaucratic procedures. Such procedures include excessive paperwork requirements such as Business registration certificates, mayor's permits, tax clearances, audited financial statements, statements of ongoing contracts for a given period, and statements of single largest completed contract.
0: Okay, so the objective assessment of the Philippines. It's hard to start a business, and it's even harder to do business with government. But wait, how about that last part?
1: Statements of ongoing contracts for a given period, and statements of single largest completed contract.
0: Epano eh, bayan. Formally was a startup with no sales, so how can they show statements of ongoing contracts? Well, they had perfect timing. Obviously, the biggest factor was the pandemic. No one could have predicted that, and they did put up their business at the right time. But after that, well, ito ang to umaman sila sa BAHO. Wait ha, hindi sila parang Arizona or Listerine. BAHO is actually the acronym for that rather melodramatically named Bayanihan to Heal as One Act. It's a law that was passed in record time for the Philippines' institutional COVID response. And the law removed some of the guardrails in place to prevent corruption. Rewind lang
1: tayo ng konti.
0: Earlier, I mentioned the PhilJeps. We've been talking about how difficult it is to start a business and work with government. But the fact of the matter is one of the reasons there are so many procedures and barriers is to safeguard against graft corruption and other questionable transactions kung steps supposedly less chances for kickbacks the Phil operates as a bidding platform to illustrate government agency x needs say a box of pens for its office It will need to post their procurement needs on Philgeps, and then all registered suppliers of pens can bid for the contract. This supposedly creates transparency because you can actually see the pens that are being offered and how much these different suppliers are offering for them. Government Agency X does not need to buy the cheapest pens, but it needs to justify that it purchased the best pens at the best price possible prices offered by bidders. Except that the and to Heal as One Act says,
1: The PE, that's the acronym for Procuring Entity, may now directly negotiate or procure from a legally, technically, and financially capable supplier, distributor, manufacturer, contractor, or consultant, collectively referred to herein as Supplier without need for a request for quotation or any equivalent document. When we procured it initially, we conducted an initial um, request for quotation, and initial bidding. During that time, they were the ones who gave it the cheapest.
0: That was former PSDBM Undersecretary Lloyd Christopher Lau, the man whose signature appears in all the family contracts. The PSDBM stands for the Procurement Service, of the Department of Budget and Management, which orders supplies on behalf of other government agencies. Remember how we described him in the first episode with the three letter Bs, bald, bespectacled, and brash. We say former because the man quietly resigned in June 2021, shortly before the Senate hearings began, but Law was personally appointed by President Duterte despite a prior extortion allegation. Some say, as a way of thanking him for helping in his 2016 campaign. And we're not kidding.
1: Anong masama kung magbayad ako ng utang? Bakit kayo? Hindi kayo nagtulong sa mga taong nagkaurok-utang ng loob?
0: In short, malakas tong silaw. During the
1: time, when there was uh, a scarcity, we were trying to use our diplomatic access to get these these items. So when we were contacting um, through embassies, through ambassadors, um, special envoys, these, these companies were referred to us. And when they were referred to us, they made offers, and we just responded to them.
0: Again, BAHO allows direct negotiations from a legally, technically, and financially capable supplier. Oh, So you would think that a budget undersecretary would have done due diligence before entering into any negotiations with any firm especially one that they've never worked with. But no.
1: Uh, we, we failed to check on the um, Articles of Incorporation. During the time, they were delivering, so there, there was no red flag to ask. The general information sheet is not part of the documents submitted, Mr.
0: Chairman. That, that is the only answer I can give, Mr. Chairman. Okay, so who could or should have checked? Here's what Rosa Maria Clemente of Philgeps said.
1: We don't check the the document if they are financially capable or if they are technically capable. Uh, What we check in the system is the documents are complete. A merchant's registration under the the Philgeps is not contract-specific nor understood to be tantamount to finding an eligibility. If they deliver, oh. they will not be paid and they will be blacklisted.
0: You don't need to check their capability because if they don't deliver, they won't be allowed to work with government in the future. Asked by Senate Minority Leader Franklin Drilon whether entering into a deal with Formally, despite its low paid-up capital, was prudent, here's what Lau has to say.
1: Common sense dictates that we preserve the money of the government. And how did we preserve the the money of the government? We did not pay a single centavo to the supplier until they delivered. That is the highest safeguard that we can do for the country.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ indeed. But maybe the senator, using the Lord's name in vain, might be justified in this particular case. And again, former Undersecretary Lloyd Christopher Lau would assert that Formally had complete requirements. It is true that Formally did submit documentation, but the fact is, they did not have the money to fulfill the contract. And you know who volunteered the information? Formally Chair Wang Tzu-yen himself. Listen carefully to this exchange between Huang and Drelon.
1: When you bidded or when you were negotiating to get the contract, you had absolutely no funds to buy the supplies. We is that correct? Uh, Mr. Chairman, we you are Yes or no? Uh, no, no. If, at the time that you were awarded, you had no funds yes. to carry out your obligations. Yes, Mr. Correct Chairman. Or not? I would say yes, we did funds. But it was a time where I guess The intention was that we are three young men. We are greedy. We wanted to buy off a bigger contract. Well, yes. Yes, Uh, uh, you were here greedy.
0: Again, if you didn't catch that rather interesting bit of self-reflection, this was what Huang said. Quote, I would say that we had insufficient funds. It was at a time, I guess, the intention was we are three young men. We were greedy and wanted to buy it off a bigger contract. Perhaps we were too ambitious." Formally did not have the money to deliver, but what a coincidence that they happened to be friends with Michael Yang, President Duterte's economic advisor who got the job despite being a foreigner. and. According to a police officer testifying in one Senate investigation years back, Yang is a suspected big-time drug lord. Actually, pag nakita mo sa TV, mukha nga crime syndicate boss sa isang Jackie Chan movie. Turns out it was Yang who introduced formally executives to Duterte way back in 2017. We'll tell you more about that meeting in Episode 3, when we dig into the background of Yang. The funny thing about Yang is, even in the face of evidence, he would disown Formalee to death. Here's one of the many times he did so, through an interpreter at the Senate hearings.
1: Mr. Yang said that uh, he doesn't know and he has no relation to Farmalee. Uh, he doesn't know of the existence or the whereabouts or anything about Formally Pharmaceutical. When Formally did get their contracts, he has nothing to do with any of those contracts or awards.
0: Whether he provided funding or not, Michael Young was Formally's fairy godfather. If someone so close to the president supports this company, then it was probably okay to trust them, right? And so, the little startup that could one contract after contract. Here's Senator Frank Dillon again.
1: From April 16 to April 20, for a period of five days, Parmali got a total of 287860000 860 thousand worth of contracts on a 625000 capitalization.
0: Pero wala bang nagtaka? Did no one stop and think, hmm, isn't that a bit weird?
1: Yung increase na 44,149% ay uh, hindi po normal. Sana po lahat ng kumpanya, ganyan ang nangyayari, na sa malit na puhunan ay malaki kagad ang kapital. At hindi ko po sinasabi na ito ay illegal o uh, suspicious. Ang sinasabi ng natin, hindi po normal. hindi po
0: ordinaryo. That's Mon Abreya a certified public accountant and tax expert. The Senate Blue Ribbon Committee invited Abrea as resource speaker. Abrea is also a consultant for the Bureau of Internal Revenue. He said that while formally was registered, there was just way too many warning signs. For example, three incorporators had the same address. Another red flag was it was not clear if the company had any inventory, equipment, or even a warehouse for its goods. And the biggest, reddest flag of all. Farmali's entire business was built on importing medical supplies, right? Except, as it turns out, they did not even have an import license. Here's Senator Francis Pangilinan. Their license to operate at that time was for drugs.
1: Importation of drugs, not of medical devices the license to import medical
0: devices came in january of 2021 fda gave them that license to import medical devices in january of 2021
1: they didn't have that license when they brought in these PPEs.
0: getting an import license is about as punishingly complicated as the steps to starting business in the philippines to be a licensed importer requires a background check, clearance by the National Bureau of Investigation, and an actual inspection of your facilities, proof of financial capacity, and an endorsement by the Bureau of Customs District Collector. Most companies take two to three years to even qualify. So why weren't they asked to show that license right from the start? Makes you think. As Senator Gordon says, And there you have it. formally, the startup that was able to generate 40,000% growth in less than a year. Like the tax experts said, if only all companies had that kind of growth. Then we would all be billionaires, or as Senator Drilon would explain, all you need is an MBA. May bakir ako. You have been listening to Modus, the Family Con. I'm your host, Lord De Vera. And this episode was written by Carl Jo Javier with Lord De Vera, with editorial support from Regina Lay and Tricia Aquino. Research from Easy Lee, Katrina Ventura and Jonathan DeSantos. Edited by Mark Casilian. Modus the Formalicon is a Puma podcast production made possible by international media support. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And if you like what you heard, please share with a friend. Because as you can see, friends sometimes can make you a billionaire. Para mí se